0: Welcome into Socks in the Basement. My name is Chris Lanuti, belly and up to my 9-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one for the next 30 minutes. We're talking White Sox baseball and only White Sox baseball on the podcast for fans, by fans, brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. Remember the phone number and the website right there on the Socks in the Basement logo on whatever podcast player you are using. Or if you are at Socksinthebasement.com, they do everything that you could possibly imagine when it comes to taking care of your basement, your foundation, your water issues, whatever. I have a beautiful basement that took me years to put together. I have experienced one flood that took half of it away and had to rebuild it already once in the 15 years that I've had this house. I wish I had gone to Family Waterproofing Solutions earlier. So protect what you have, contact them, free estimates, they do it online or in person, very safely, FAMWS.com, tell them Socks in the Basement sent you, there's extra money off if you do so. We have Chris Zwick from Yahoo Sports, their baseball guy, going to join us later on here in this program, before that, my buddy Ed, sitting down here at my 9-foot homemade oak bar, friend, how are you?
1: I'm good, thanks for bringing me back down to the
0: bar. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you something right now, I... I was only gonna have you come in on the weekends and then the Larusa thing broke in the last like 24, 48 hours. Speaking and of
1: sitting at a bar.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, and I was sitting <laughs> and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, Well, Ed's an attorney. And he will he'll understand why this actually went from being a DUI charge to reckless driving. Let me tell you what I've learned so far, Ed, because then I, I'm gonna tell you what I've learned. Because yeah. I was ten years a nine one one dispatcher with the Cook County Sheriff's Police. I know many people within that department at many different ranks, high to low. I know some of the guys personally that do the DUIs, that are specialists in it, that know every step, because if there's one thing out of place, and you'll back this up as a as a lawyer, Ed, it's, it, the attorney can find a way to get the person out of the DUI or lessen the charge. So that's the first thing. Secondly, my father was a commander for the traffic division. He was in charge of all traffic in the loop in the city of Chicago for about a decade. He's retired now, all right, 34 years in the Chicago Police Department. Now, I'm not going to name which one of the people that I talked to, but I just want to say many, many officers I could reach out to, many, many people that deal with traffic and DUIs. I reached out to a number of them after this, and they all said the same thing. This is the oldest trick in the book when you're trying to take care of somebody. Like if you had somebody that did something and they had a DUI and it was like their first DUI and somebody knew someone, you could walk into the room and be like, eh, "Can we get this down to reckless driving? Can we can we get it changed by the police officer? Can the prosecuting attorney make a uh, make a change?" Well, who do they know? And it and it's something that is done all the time. It was said to me by multiple people. Oldest trick in the book. It does not mean that he wasn't intoxicated, but it does mean that he is a little privileged, and I think that's a little obvious. I mean, a $1,300 fine for a guy that's worth millions upon millions of dollars, he's carrying that in his wallet, 20 hours of community service. He'll do that for the White Sox anyway while working with White Sox charities, so it's not like he's going to be on a roadside anywhere, and then he may actually serve his one day in prison at home. I'm sure he'll pick a rainy Sunday Sunday. During the NFL playoffs. So, I mean, like, Tony LaRusso has different rules, but this goes back to something that I said months ago when this happened, two months ago when this came out that the White Sox, knowing that he had this charge lingering, there was that extra day from when we here at Sox in the basement heard from our inside sources that LaRusso was going to be hired and it was going to be announced. And the announcement was delayed about 24 hours. The reason for that was because they had to look in and see, can we get this thing reduced? And when they hired him, I said, there's more to this. Watch this go away. Now, after everything I've said, you're an attorney, Ed. You have your own law practice. How, how close am I to the truth on this one?
1: You are right there. You're, you're right there. Because it's not really, the only thing I would say is, I, I wouldn't call it the oldest trick in the book, but reckless driving is the natural progression downwards from a DUI. So if you're gonna get something reduced, so if I come in and take you, let's let's take it out of the, the realm of misdemeanor or the realm of felony or anything like that to a lesser charge. If you were to get, like, say, a misdemeanor speeding ticket, you know, and and you're doing uh you know, you're doing over a hundred in a in a fifty five zone or something like that, the first thing I would do for any client, whether you're Tony LaRusso or just a schlub who has a nine foot oak bar in the basement on the south side, is I would walk in and I would try and get it reduced down to a petty offense because I want to have your record look better. I also want you to have a lower fine. A lot of it depends on whether or not his record is fairly clean. And in the grand scheme of things, as we're looking at Tony LaRusso, we're thinking about, hey, this is his second DUI hit in his career. This is the second time this man's been in the news for a DUI as a major league manager, right? Right. And you might look at that and go, this guy's got a real problem. This guy's got a real pattern. But he also has 13 years in between, so that's not really as much of a factor. My guess is, is that he was able to go in, get a good attorney who knows Maricopa County very well, somebody who's very you know, well-versed there. And as you pointed out, the good attorneys, the ones that you've talked to, the ones that handle these things exclusively—I mean, I've handled them somewhat. You know, I'm not an exclusive DUI attorney by any stretch, um, but the ones that handle them exclusively— they know the prosecutors. You know, they're, they're friends with the prosecutors. They, are, they know a lot of the officers. They know the judges very well. They know the lay of the land. They know what they can and cannot get away with, and they know what they can and cannot do as far as asking for a plea. So to go in and say, okay, look, my client, Mr. Lurus, is going to take this plea deal. He's going to plead guilty, but I want it to be reckless driving. He'll take the fine. He'll take 20, you know, 20 hours of community service. The day in jail, I don't know, 2020, 2021, we're still in the pandemic. Jail is probably not going to happen for him, I, you know, just if no other reason because of that. He's pleading to a lower level misdemeanor. In Arizona, a class two misdemeanor comes with a minimum fine of $750 plus two years of probation. It can carry a maximum punishment of four months in jail, right? So he's taking that $750 fine. There's probably about $300 in court costs. They probably tacked on a few extra $100 just for fun. Because like you said, he's a millionaire, he could afford it. But that sentence, you know, that fine and that deal that I've seen, I could see that for a lot of people that are just a 76-year-old guy who's had one hit in his past, has probably a relatively clean record in between. I don't know if he does or doesn't. I don't know if he's a traffic menace or not. But those types of plea deals are fairly common. Judges want these things off the docket and the prosecutors want them off the docket, too. So they're willing to offer these things to the right guy.
0: So, so you don't think because I had one officer tell me it's rare that if he's already got a DUI conviction that they would give him the reckless driving and they kind of chalked it up to, well, it's because it's Tony LaRussa. But you're that's saying that, it. you're saying that's, there's that's, so much time between the first one and the second one that you think Joe Schmoe could still pull off this deal if he has the right attorney.
1: There are guys out there that are legitimately given third, fourth, fifth chances in terms of DUIs. They, they, you know, they'll take guilty pleas. They'll take their hit in terms of fines. Sometimes they'll even do a little bit of, you know, a couple days in jail, a couple weeks in jail, maybe. Uh, but they're back out there on the road. So for Tony La Russa to have one 13 years ago and have one now. Generally speaking, anything over 10 years, the courts are going to disregard because 10 years ago was, you know, just too long for them to really consider it to be a pattern or really consider it to be, a, you know, something where it's an ongoing repeatable issue. Wow. That's why it's, it's, it's weird for us to see it because, like, we think Tony LaRussa two DUIs because, say, Ricky Renteria, no DUIs in his career. And <laughs> he's been around since the 80s. So it, it, it's... It's one of those deals where, in our minds, it's a, it's, a, it's a pattern with this guy, and it probably is something of a problem, okay? You know, I was, uh, I, I was kind of putting together or writing up something on this, and one of the thoughts I had was, you know, as far as a DUI is concerned, for a guy like La Russa who's got – obviously has money, he obviously has resources, for him to even go out to dinner and have a few drinks with friends and not have a ride home that doesn't involve him being behind the wheel of a car – it's fairly inexcusable, and I think that's the bigger issue for the Sox is that here's this guy who should know better, right?
0: Right. This all goes in, gets swept under the rug now and moves on. Uh, the anger of my buddy Dave continues. I actually sent him a text saying, hey, look at this, and he goes, I don't care. <laughs> so, so I'm lucky. He's reached the level I'm, of anger where he's just numb to the
1: world just, now. Huh?
0: Yeah. I told him, I'm like, you're going to be really upset when they win hundred games in 2021 and you're not around for it. But I mean, sometimes a White Sox fan can go off the deep end, you know, and I'm lucky that you, you mentioned it just there that you're, you were writing something up on this. You've also written another article that is up today. Sox in the basement is now going to have articles covered by Ed. And, and the reason for that is Ed was a, was a writer for years in uh, different newspapers and I, he has a very quirky sense of humor, and I was like, you, sh- you should start writing something, so I, I've, I've kind of handed over the Socks in the Basement blog to you, and uh, and the first thing is up there at SocksIntheBasement.com. All right, Chris Zwick up next, and Ed uh, becoming like a, a regular down here at the 9-Foot Homemade Oak Bar. Check him out at SocksIntheBasement.com. You can also get a last-minute Christmas gift. We have the ever-popular Socks in the Basement trucker hat and other swag available at a discounted price right now. Found everywhere podcasts can be found in always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Socks in the Basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes, in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boots specialty store that carries sizes from six to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115 year old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota and one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard, you've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. Joining me on the phone lines, I love talking with this guy. He's been on multiple times. Uh, It's great for a national perspective, not only of Major League Baseball, but also of the White Sox. Chris Zwick from Yahoo Sports. You can find him on Twitter, at Chris underscore Zwick with a C-W-I-K. And Chris, how are
2: you? I am hanging in there. I think it's around 50 days with no baseball. So that's been a little upsetting, and it's, it's about to get cold here in Chicago. So I think... I think maybe both of us are in the same spot where uh, we miss baseball and we're also preparing to be inside for uh, the next couple of weeks.
0: I know, I know. And you know what, I, I, I would be remiss. I, you know. Normally I don't talk about what's going on in somebody's personal life, but you're so upfront with it. I noticed you recently had a surgery. I know you've, uh, you mm-hmm. you're you know you suffer from uh, Crohn's disease, and you like to put out there what you're going through, so that others with it understand that there's people out there going through what they're going through, and to bring awareness to the disease. It looked like you went through quite a
2: thing recently. How are you feeling? I'm doing really well. Yeah, I, so I, I talk about my Crohn's pretty openly. Um, I found that a lot of people are pretty comfortable contacting me, whether publicly or privately, and um, I've. I've had it since I was 10. So we're working on 23 years now. Um, so I've been through a lot and I'm I'm willing to share those experiences. So yeah, I, I had another resection surgery, um, which is basically they remove a part of your intestine. Um, I actually went into this one pretty healthy and it still kind of kicks your butt. So a few days after I I was, I was in rough shape, but, uh, I have recovered really well. And so, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, and, and yeah, if anyone else is out there and has Crohn's or knows someone and ever wants to get in touch, please don't hesitate.
0: All right. I'm glad you're doing well. Let's let's get into the White Sox because I have stuff I want to talk about, not only uh, national perspective of the White Sox and what's going on, but I have some thoughts on how things are going right now in the free agent market and how it might affect the White Sox. So why, why don't I start there first? Because you write for Yahoo Sports, you get a good look, big picture of everything going on across the world of Major League Baseball. I am now of the opinion, coming out of the winter meetings, and I think this is the first time MLB trade rumors put up something saying that it was the first time in like 20 years that their top 20 free agents, none of them were signed. Zero for the first time after they got through the winter meetings. And we're seeing things like the Mets realize they were probably bidding against themselves and decide, no, we're not going to go spend all that money and put all those years in the JT Riomoto. We're going to go sign James McCann, formerly of the White Sox. And good for James. It makes sense. He didn't make sense as a backup catcher for the White Sox, but they're going to go and grab him. And I'm starting to get the feeling the guys looking for the big money are running in the teams that don't have money, uh, are hit with what happened during the pandemic, And then also know there's a CBA around the corner. And what Rick Hahn did with a trade for Lance Lynn and going for a low to mid-level right fielder so he at least isn't scrambling at the end is what other teams are going to do. They're looking for trades and those mid-tier guys because they have budgets. Am I on
2: with that or am I way off? I would say you're a good percent correct. Um, I think the other thing that we're maybe overlooking here is there is no winter meetings in person. Um, I feel like you know that's an important thing because you're you're getting all those people in one space, so it, it you know it's not those events aren't necessarily attended by a ton of players. Um, you know, a couple show up and and they talk with teams along with their agents. um but it's mostly the agent part it's It's an opportunity for these agents to talk to gms face to face um you know, maybe. In the White Sox case, like maybe they're not thinking about Jose Quintana, although I mean, they probably are because he played for them. But let's just say uh, they weren't thinking about him. Suddenly you run into his agent, you talk for a few minutes, and maybe that convinces you to explore the idea. So I think we've definitely missed out on that part. I I think certainly the pandemic is going to be an issue, and uh, these teams saying that they've lost money, I think we can debate. How true that is, or how much money they lost, and whether they can still operate at a high level, I tend to think a lot of these teams can, but they're going to use that um, as best they can to get the best deal on free agent players. So I, I think it's a combination of a lot of different things thus far as to uh, why we've seen the really slow movement this winter. you know i'm I'm terrible
0: at quoting you know famous quotes or or, or famous things that people have said that can be applied at any time in history. But I'll paraphrase here. There's 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 a thought that you never let a good crisis go unused. You have the pandemic going on, and you have this offseason and you have this weird schedule that they had, where they got 60 games in in the playoffs, and you know there's a CBA coming. How much do you feel that ownership is sitting there saying to themselves, why do we need to spend money? Let's cry poor. Uh, it, there, remember a few years ago, there were accusations by the MLPPA that there was collusion to keep free agency right. down. And now with a CB day around the corner, things that MLB wants and, and that they know they're going to have to start negotiating and owners saying, I don't know if I really have a lot of money this year. It almost feels like it started like the negotiating is starting sure. because it's a bad it's going to be a rough offseason for free agents.
2: Absolutely. I think we've seen a lot of that if you look at just the whole dh issue that's going on right now Um, we have no idea if the dh is going to be universal next year or if it's just going to be limited to the american league and i think a lot of people are looking at that correctly as the owners realizing that this is a potential bargain chip for when the cba ends the players want a universal dh it opens up jobs for guys like marcelo zuna so you know he wouldn't be he wouldn't have 15 teams bidding for him he'd have all 30 hypothetically you could start a bidding war between multiple teams or, or more teams have a chance to get in and suddenly he's making more money so the players want the universal DH and I think you know based on last year I don't think ownership really has a problem with it but I think they're looking at it and saying well if we take it away this year the CBA comes around we can easily put that on the table knowing the players want it and we can use that to say well If you want that, you know, maybe we can expand the playoffs, which I I think the players are somewhat opposed to. So they're definitely using it as a bargaining chip. And I think, like you said, with all the other stuff, with the collusion stuff from a few years back, um, I I still feel like while last offseason seemed a little normal, uh, or maybe it was the one before, I don't fully remember, One, one of them seemed normal in there. I feel like the players those years where things were really bad are still fresh in their mind and, and they're going to want to carry that into CBA negotiations. So I, I think, I mean, the pandemic has clearly thrown a big wrench into a lot of things. It's it's going to provide a legitimate and non-legitimate excuse for a lot of these types of arguments. But really, every, I think everything we've seen uh, owners say out loud or in as anonymous quotes in articles and even players to some extent have been building toward these negotiations for years now. So I just think after this upcoming season, things are going to be extremely contentious. And we've seen that kind of play out over the last few years. And now it's just going to be taken to an 11 because Everybody is going to be on edge with one year left before negotiations.
0: Hey, honey, what's this?
2: Village batch, handcrafted Greek goods. Three
0: brothers, Southside born, die hard White Sox fans, and they sent us a box of goodies.
2: Ooh, what's that?
0: Organic extra virgin olive oil.
2: Oh, what's that over there?
0: Raw organic honey. There's also balsamic vinegar, olives, sea salt flakes, organic dried herbs you can use in any of your recipes. These guys are great. All of their products are sourced directly from small scale family farms in the Arcadia region of Greece. They pay a premium for the crop, package, import, and self-distribute the products. And by doing that, they get a very fresh premium product without breaking the bank. And you're gonna love the olive oil. They don't filter it. That means more flavor. That means it has more health benefits. This sounds great. Where do we get more? They're at Pete's Fresh Market, Mariano's, over at County Fair Foods on Western. Now get 25% off all online orders using the promo code BASEMENT at villagebatch.com. Meanwhile, the White Sox have a team that's been building now for four years and a fan base that's ready to make their run. And as much as I want to ignore these things on the horizon for Major League Baseball, it scares me because I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of years with all the negotiations. Is there going to be a lockout or a strike? What what are the financials going to be like? Jerry Reinstorf's already crying poor a little bit, and you see these moves. The White Sox really haven't spent any new money. The The guys they let go off of their roster or didn't tender an arbitration, the guys they didn't re sign easily make up for what they've gone and spent on acquiring Lance Lynn's contract and going out and getting Adam Eaton. From a national perspective, is what they're doing normal? Are you surprised at how they're spending right now, or do you think it's really early and we're overreacting, looking at what's going on at this point? Uh, well, that's a tough
2: question because I I would frame the White Sox moves as fine right now. If there's more to come, so I, mean, I guess you know the Lance Lynn move I think was a really strong move. I I think he's he's a really good pitcher. He's at worst uh, mid-two, I would say, pairs really nicely with, with Giolito and Keuchel at the top of that rotation. The Eaton thing is a little more questionable in my mind. I I don't necessarily doubt that he can be an effective player if he stays healthy. Would they be a better team with George Springer? Absolutely. With Michael Brantley? I think so. Uh, with Jack Peterson, maybe even. I I, I might lean that way. So in my mind, to make the Eaton deal work, they they have to spend some of that money elsewhere. So is it going to be on a Masahiro Tanaka? Is it going to be on a guy like James Paxton? Is it going to be on Liam Hendricks? I think in order for me to elevate the, their offseason grade, which I it's silly, it's December, we shouldn't have offseason grades yet, but for it to look pretty good, they need to spend some of that money we all thought they were going to use on a right fielder and bring in help elsewhere Um, probably in my mind i mean starting pitcher i still think should be addressed and then clearly they're they're gonna have they're gonna find somebody to fill that that back end of the bullpen role. i think they can win signing mid-tier players and i know that's disappointing for for fans that have wanted them to spend this money finally that they've assembled a winning team i i think it's a matter of from here through the rest of the offseason, it can't just be one more mid-tier player. It's gotta be like two guys who you think are above average players who are dependable, and then maybe, you know, an additional one or two where you're you're taking more of a chance, but you know that baseline, this guy is going to be at least a productive major league player or can soak up innings and won't be a total disaster or can fill in as an injury replacement offensively. The hope is almost take that money and sign three pretty decent players and hope that that works out for you. Yeah,
0: and I kind of take that. It's kind of funny. I, I I was saying a month ago, guys like Paxson and Masahiro Tanaka, when nobody else was saying it, because in my mind, I was like, okay, look, depth is important. You look at the teams mm-hmm. that go to the World Series and win the World Series, they can handle a major injury or two because they have depth. They have competition to just get into the to the to the lineup. They have competition just to make it to the major league roster. The the White Sox are like that fantasy football team that you have that's really good, but your bench is terrible. And 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 the, the Sox need that kind of depth where it's like somebody went down, next man up. I'd be okay with you add a Tanaka, you go out and you get yourself a closer in Hendricks, and you find yourself a really toolsy uh, you know, infielder that you can go out and grab up. And my question to you is. When we get to the point where push comes to shove and free agents have two or three or four offers sitting in front of them, and in reality, the money is pretty much the same, Uh, you know, we're talking close enough where they're really picking where they want to go to. Are the White Sox a destination now does the idea that, 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 I mean, I've noticed for all the ire that people have given Tony La Russa, heck, you know, uh, I have a co-host that hasn't been on the show in a month and a half. He's so mad at the White Sox because of them hiring <laughs> Tony Larusa. But on the other hand, there are other people that are hyped up about it. So there, there's part of me that wonders, are the White Sox a destination when push comes to shove, where some free agents are going to go, yeah, I got a chance to win a championship with these guys. I'll take this contract over this one because they're pretty much the same thing.
2: I think they are at this point. I think it's, it's an easy sell, right? If, if you're Rick Hahn, you, you sit there and you pull up, you know, Kotz Contracts website and you just say, look at all these guys we have signed for multiple seasons. Yohan Moncada is under uh, team control. We've got Yasmani Grandal. We've got Keuchel, Giolito, Tim Anderson. You know, all these guys presumably will be on the team for at least the next two seasons. Maybe three, maybe even further. So, I would think that that's maybe enough to split some ties uh, among free agents out there. Considering teams, um, you know, the Larusa thing. I I don't know how that. I guess I don't know how much players weigh that. Um, I, you know, I know like Marcus Stroman had those comments and
0: yeah, but then you know what? Look, I I saw Marcus Stroman's comments and I, then the next day when he decides he's taken the the offer. And he, he's going back to the Blue Jays. You're like, well, he already knew he was doing that, so he acted real big and bad when he already knew he was going back to the Blue Jays. Right. So it kind of, it kind of, it kind of took his comments and and made him. They didn't matter after you saw what he was actually going to do there.
2: Right. Yeah. I, I feel like ultimately, even like a, a guy like Stroman, everybody just cares about winning, right? And so, if you think the White Sox are, are poised to be a really good team, even if you think your style is not going to mesh with Larusa? This is maybe really cliche, but like winning is going to cure a lot of that. Like you're going to be happy if your team is doing well, if you're getting wins as a pitcher, or if the White Sox offense is driving you in a ton and you're winning games and you're playoff bound. Like I highly doubt that we will hear a ton of stories about how bad the clubhouse is if the team's good. That never happens. It only happens if, They get out to a terrible start then suddenly you'll start hearing all that stuff so if you think the white Sox are going to be a good team and you're a free agent i don't know that you let that bother you i think you look at the talent that's going to be there for the next couple seasons Uh, you look at how young a lot of the core players are i don't know how much you get sold on prospects if you're a major leaguer because that that to me is a tough like i don't know if a seven year veteran is a following the farm system Uh, or B, has just been around long enough to know that you can't necessarily count on these guys at a a high rate. So I don't know how much you sell that, but I think you can sell a lot about this team to free agents that can maybe um, push a deal that's on par with others over the edge.
0: Chris, that thing that you just said there maybe about a minute back, where you said if they're winning, controversy, clubhouse things don't matter, I immediately thought to myself, you know if the White Sox were 12 games up, when Chris Sale cut up the jerseys. Oh, no. They would have handed out pieces to the crowd at the next game, and they would have made a promotion out of it. Adam Eaton would have called Drake LaRoche the team leader. They would have had Drake LaRoche's section out there if they were up 15 games and on their way to the World Series. You're right. If they're winning, winning cures all, doesn't it?
2: it oh, absolutely. L- like I said, I mean, you never, you never hear the stories of unrest in a good team's clubhouse, and... I think there's a there's people who look at that and, you know, they say, oh, well, the chemistry is good. That's why the team's winning. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, you don't have to love everyone on your team. You probably don't. There's 25 different players on your team. I, I think if you're winning, you're probably less irritable. And so if there are guys who upset you or rub you the wrong way uh, on a winning team, you're a little less likely to let that bother you and yell at (laughs) start a fight in the clubhouse, right? I mean it it makes sense just from a from a
0: personal perspective. Right. You'll win you'll wear the stupid uniform if you're winning every game. That's that's correct. correct. It doesn't matter how bad it looks on you.
2: We're not going to wear the shorts one anymore.
0: No, no. Although that would be great. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> if if they're up 15 games and Brooks Boyer says we're wearing the 1970s shorts, they'll all be out there wearing them laughing their asses off. I, I believe it. I think you're right about that. I just want a team that wins and, and who cares how they win. Chris Wick from Yahoo Sports. Nice enough to join us on Socks in the Basement. Always a treat when you join us. Follow him on Twitter at Chris underscore Zwick. It's C W I K. And I appreciate anytime you stop by Chris, and I'm, I'm looking forward very soon. Hopefully I I'm one of those people that has hope. Like I, you know, I don't want to be down every day and I'm trying to keep that flame of hope alive. I'm hoping at some point during this season, you and I can meet up at a spot. I know, you know, the folks over at Cork and Carrie at the park, maybe we'll sit down at the bar and, and have a, have a beer.
2: Yeah, I think uh, like everyone else, I'm anxious to do social gatherings again. And so when we get the all clear, man, let's let's set something up. Sounds great. Thank you very much, Chris. You take care. You too. Thanks a lot.
0: Ed, anything else to add? Former program director, radio guy, writer, my law expert now.
1: It's funny you keep mentioning my credentials. I've been a program director and a writer and now I'm a lawyer. People aren't going to believe I'm any of those things after a while.
0: It's (laughs) amazing. Like I, I'm, I'm pumping you up, buddy.
1: So when inevitably, when the computers go down at uh, at the cell, you're gonna be like, okay, Ed was an IT, which is also true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you go through all this stuff, you've done. Radio guy, program director, newspaper writer, IT guy, lawyer, and you're an expert on everything. And I'm not good at any of it. I I just have to fly with alcohol, and and I got an expert on this show every single time. (laughs) Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement.